Hello, and welcome back to Demigod Disasters, a Percy Jackson podcast where I, your host Andy, am both a demigod and a disaster. This week, we'll be starting off with the first five chapters of The Lightning Thief. Stay tuned! Hello, hello! Andy here, your favorite uh, demigod who is also a disaster. How many times will I say that before it just gets annoying? We'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, let's get started, shall we? We'll do a little pause after, I think, the second chapter, and then we'll finish it out. Well, let's do all five of the first five chapters today. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be so great. So, we start off with this incredible incredible first page i think that this is one of my absolute favorite like (laughs) starting pages for a book that i've ever read you hear pages it's my physical book copy that i have at my side as we go through this because i don't have an (laughs) ebook my bad um but we get these like really cool lines of like look i didn't want to be a half bud my name is percy jackson i'm 12 years old until a few months ago i was a boarding student at yancey academy Am I a troubled kid? Yeah, you could say that. I think this introduction is just so iconic, especially as someone who became an avid reader around the time that I started getting into Percy Jackson. I just started reading. Like, I I was reading, like, my life depended on it for a very long time, and I kind of grew out of reading just because of school and stuff like that, but once I got right back into this world at I think uh, some some point during the pandemic, me and my friend decided, yeah, she was going to read the books for the first time and I was going to be rereading them to accompany her because I didn't have as fresh of a memory on these books as I thought I did. And so we had started on the, the Heroes of Olympus because she had just finished reading the original Percy Jackson books on her own. Um, but man, very few things hit as hard as this first page and the fact that in one of the first teasers that we got for this TV show, we got to hear some of this like word for word in the teaser. And that's so exciting. That is so, so exciting. It does raise the question though of like, is Percy writing this? Like, is this a diary? Is he publishing these as books? Like, is, you know, because the, these are written in first person and he gives us the warning of like if you're if you can feel that you are connected to this in a in a way that might put you in danger like stop like it's gonna get worse like don't say I didn't warn you but like is this a book that he's written for us I don't know I don't know it's really exciting to think about and I've been starting to like as I'm rereading I'm like oh is this is this him writing this in past tense because he was older when he read this like does an older Percy Jackson come back and write the story? I don't know. Something to think about. Something to think about. I thought that was really fun to to notice and to question. I think especially with The Chalice of the Gods, which recently came out, you, if you've read that one, uh, there are some things that make you think, hey, is Percy writing this? You know, is he is he publishing this? What's going on? <laughs> you know, it's kind of making you wonder. Um... But I will be keeping an eye on that. We do meet a very colorful collection of characters. Um, we meet Nancy Boba Fett, who is a bully extraordinaire. <laughs> Just 
Bully, 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 bully. Who is she? A bully. That's who she is. We also meet Grover, um, who we find out is Percy's current best friend. They are the besties of the besties, right? We very quickly see that Grover is willing to take a take on a beating for Percy, like literally and like metaphorically <laughs> willing to um, suffer in Percy's place. And we also see that Percy is willing and will be his advocate and stand up for him against any kind of forces kind of pushing negatively towards Grover. In this situation, at the very start, we see that Nancy Boba Fett loves to pick on Grover in particular. Um, and Percy is not having it. He is sick and tired of her. He's like, I'm gonna do crimes against this girl. Um, but they're on a field trip to the Met because their Latin teacher was like, we're going to learn about Greek and Roman things in the actual exhibit. Isn't that going to be so cool? Um, this Latin teacher is Mr. Brunner. Was my uh, man voice really impressive? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I am not very good at voices. It's okay if you hate it. And we are on this field trip and we are learning that like Percy is like on his like an XLS strike. He's been expelled from multiple schools as he's grown up. This is his sixth school in six years. Uh, if you if you've watched, listened to anything to do with the Lightning Thief the musical, you will know that that line is something that they sing. And my brain can only go into the the sing song six schools for six years. But he's he's. He, he was not lying when he said he was a troubled kid. Uh, he's gotten into various, like, really extreme accidents, I guess you could say, at these other schools. And he's trying so hard to stay in this school until, like, at least the end of the school year. His mom lives in New York, but he has been sent to this boarding school. He's there on his own. He's not really liking it. He hasn't seen his mom since, what was it, like Christmas break? And now it's May. We are in May. It has been like five months since he's seen his mom. And they're not even in separate states. I'd be pissed off. I don't know about you. I would be like sick and tired of it. <laughs> um, but we also meet uh, Mr. Brunner, going back to the colorful characters that we have. Our Latin teacher. He has a lot of faith in Percy and Percy's abilities. Percy's not scared to tell us, the readers, that he has ADHD and dyslexia and it makes everything really hard for him academically which like is so real <laughs> and, and it's the spoken experience of a lot of kids who grow up with ADHD and dyslexia and even even adults and we see that Mr. Brown is putting a lot of pressure on Percy to be able to perform this ends up bugging him we'll see as we go through um it's not great <laughs> It's not great. Mr. Brunner also doesn't really know how to talk to kids at times. And I'm like, oh, should you have said that that way? And like, is that a character flaw? Probably. Um, but just like, man, <laughs> did we have to degrade this 12 year old in front of everybody? Yes. 12 year old. He is 12 years old at the start of this book. He is itty bitty three apples tall. He is tiny. He is a, a literal child. Um, yeah, he's been missing his mom. Ooh, that was my notebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> Funky sounds. Um, but he's, you know, that's, that's kind of the setting. That's where we're starting off. Nancy Boba Fett. Oh my goodness. This girl, 
she will not let up. She, like, goes up to Grover. She, like, dumps her, like, half-eaten lunch on his lap, like, ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. And Percy's, like, seeing red. He's, like, I'm sick and tired of this. Like, I, I won't stand for this anymore. And we see what is the first instance of something else is happening here occur when Percy kind of, like, kind of, like, blacks out, but, like, doesn't. And Nancy is suddenly sitting in the water fountain that was, like, several feet away. And you can hear the other students kind of being like, what the? Did you see? Like, the water, like, it just grabbed her. Like, what's going on? Like, what are these whispers? And in this hubbub, in this this commotion, we get the substitute teacher comes up. Her name is Mrs. Dodds. Ah, and she... man, she hates Percy. And Percy's like, she has never liked me. She has always been rooting for Nancy and I can't stand her. Right. And so Percy gets scolded, reprimanded by Mrs. Dodds. And Mrs. Dodds goes, hey, I need to talk to you. We are going to go over there and we're going to talk. Okay. And Grover's like, the color goes out of his face. He's like, oh my god, what? No, no, it was me. It was me. Don't take Percy. And we're just like, why is he so, you know, but like Grover's really putting himself out there, you know, he, he's really there rooting for his bestie. He's like, don't, don't, don't take my man. Um, but Mrs. Dodds insists she takes, she takes Percy to a separate, um, isolated area in the Met and Percy's like, I get it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, detention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just what my life is. And and she starts saying other stuff. And he's like, what the heck? She starts saying things like, we are not fools, Percy Jackson. It was only a matter of time before we found you. Confess and you will suffer less pain. Like, what? <laughs> if you were 12 years old and you were getting sick and tired of your bully. And you think something happened and now you think you shoved her into the fountain and then your teacher who's yelling at you starts spouting that at you. You'd be like, what the heck is going on? Like, what are you talking about? Something else is happening. <laughs> like, and, and so we as readers can be like, ooh, something's going on. Um, Mr. Brenner, our Latin teacher, he comes in and he's like, Percy, you know, he's like, I think he says like, what ho? Which is such a, a funny thing to say. <laughs> situation <laughs> you're like fearing for your life um and the reason that he comes in and he throws some a pen at percy is because mrs dodds is no longer mrs dodds mrs dodds has, has transformed into something that has like leather skin and like talons and big wings and like oh my god what is she what's happening um we find out that the pen that was tossed to Percy is actually a sword. Isn't that so cool? Wow! Well, literally when I was reading this the first time I was a kid, I was like mind blown. Like this was the coolest thing. I just wanted the coolest. I, I wanted the pen sword so bad. So bad. <laughs> right? Um, in his panic... Percy's panic. He's like, oh my god, I have a sword. Mrs. Dodds is still like, I'm gonna, like, you're gonna have to confess. He swings the blade, slices straight through her. She turns to dust. And now Percy is just there like, what? Like, what just happened? What's going on? I'm 12 years old. I'm three apples tall. I'm just trying to defend my friend. 
what's going on? <laughs> he comes out. Um, the pen has turned back into a pen. It's no longer a sword. And he goes out and it's like, what just, like, what just happened? He's trying to talk to Grover. He's trying to talk to Kyren. Um, uh, he like goes up to Grover and he's like, hey, where's Mrs. Dodds? And Grover's just like, who? The, the audacity to gaslight so hard. Like, I could not, I could not. And he goes up later, Percy goes up to Mr. Brunner too. And he's like, hey, uh, where's Mrs. Dodds? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? Um, there is, oh, we get like this really cool line. He hands back the pen. This is going to be interesting because in the trailer we see that he has the pen in scenes when he's not supposed to. Um, but he hands back the pen and asks, you know, where's Mrs. Dodds? And Mr. Brunner frowns, sits forward, and it's like looking a little concerned, confused. And he goes, Percy, there is no Mrs. Dodds on this trip. As far as I know, there has never been a Mrs. Dodds at Yancey Academy. Are you feeling all right? Bro, bro, bro. If I was Percy, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. Um, and as we go forward in like the second chapter, there is so much more of this gaslighting. Like it is so much gaslighting of Percy. And, I, and am I excited to see Percy get gaslit on TV? Yes. Yes, I very much am. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm ecstatic, actually. I think it's going to be so new to see because we didn't get to really see that in the infamous uh, uh, movie. Uh, <laughs> um, but what we do get to see in chapter two is something that I hope that we get to explore in the TV show is we see Percy's psyche, like, kind of go through it. Like, he starts to kind of have a breakdown, like, emotionally. Um, he is being gaslit for the rest of the school year. He ends up being told he's not going to get invited back um, because he is having such a hard time. Um, let me give you a, a little bit. He started to have nightmares, um, which I think we don't ever really hear the fandom talk about, the fact that, like, he's... He's actively having nightmares after this first interaction with Mrs. Dodds. He's a scared kid. And I think that that's a really reasonable feeling for him to be having. He's like really afraid. And I'll just give you a little excerpt. Um, I started feeling cranky and irritable most of the time. My grades slipped from D's to F's. I got into more fights with Nancy Boba Fett and her friends. I was sent out in the, into the hallway almost every class. Finally, when our English teacher, Mr. Nicole, asked me for the millionth time why I was too lazy to study for spelling tests, I snapped. I called him an old sot. I wasn't even sure what it meant, but it sounded good. The headmaster sent my mom a letter the following week, making it official. I would not be invited back to Yancey Academy the next year. Fine, I told myself. Just fine. I was homesick. <sighs> like... <sighs> He's, he's going through it. Our kid, my child, my son. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> Would that be weird? My, my kid, he's going through it. He's really struggling. Um, I mean, it must be just so isolating for him in this moment to be feeling like he's fully on his own. Like he doesn't know what's going on and like he can't talk to anybody. We keep seeing him trying to talk to Grover about this and Grover is actually kind of like hesitating like he's not 
he's he's lying and percy can tell he's lying because of these hesitations and he's not doing a good job of covering it up um but we're in final season now we're going through we're trying like percy's like giving up on most of his exams and he's like you know what i'm just gonna try really hard to do really well in mr brunner's class in the latin class because it's the only class i care about because it's the only teacher who cares about me right and so he's trying really hard we get this really brutal conversation after the exam um but right before the exam we get a little we get a little tantalizing thing where percy's like i can't focus i need help which is a really big move for someone who's kind of going through a depressive episode at this point uh, if we he's 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 irritable he's lashing out more he can't sleep he's having nightmares like he's he's entering a kind of depressive state and he's realizing okay i need help and he goes and he's like i'm gonna go to mr brenner's office hours and when he's walking up to his office hours you know to his office door he hears he hears who he hears who he hears grover in there and they're not just talking about latin stuff whatever that all entails i never had a latin class in my life but <laughs> but they start talking about how grover's worried for him he's like scared that something's gonna like happen to him he's scared that like we're not gonna be able to um keep percy safe and now percy's like what's happening um we also get this fun tidbit of grover saying i can't fail my duties again as first time readers we'd be like what the heck does that mean as seasoned readers ooh, that was a good little little tidbit you know a little a little sneak peek of what's to come and we're just kind of being like whoa mr brunner and grover really think that percy is in some kind of danger what's going on there right what it, what is happening um and eventually after the exam percy doesn't get his help because he's like i'm just gonna bail i'm gonna get out of here i don't want them to know that i was listening that's fair that's reasonable mr brunner has the worst words to share <laughs> like the worst words to share with percy and i think it's such a shame <laughs> I think it is such a shame he he just doesn't know how to talk to percy and i think it's criminal i think it is criminally offensive um i think it's rude i think it's unprofessional i think he needs to learn how to talk to kids um but he starts saying things like don't be discouraged that you're leaving like it's for the best and he's saying this to percy in front of the whole class in the only class that Percy felt somewhat welcomed and, like, capable in, which is so, like, my heart really goes out to him. Um, school is really hard. And, you know, he's trying to just pull it together, stay somewhat composed, and Mr. Brunner just doesn't understand how to talk to Percy. <laughs> um, this is a little bit, this is a little excerpt. So this is Mr. Brenner. I mean, Mr. Brenner wheeled his chair back and forth like he wasn't sure what to say. This isn't the right place for you. It was only a matter of time. My eyes stung. Here was my favorite teacher in front of the class telling me I couldn't handle it. After saying he believed in me all year, now he was telling me I was destined to get kicked out. Right, I said, trembling. No, no. Mr. Brunner said, oh, confound it all. What I'm trying to say, 
You're not normal, Percy. That's nothing to be- Thanks, I blurted. Thanks a lot, sir, for reminding me. Percy! But I was already gone. Bro! Literally so messed up. Like, how dare you? How dare you say that to him? How dare you? Uh, and we find out later that, like, there is more that's happening than meets the eye. We kind of have some hints of it here. But, like, man, that was not the way to go about it. Like, you couldn't have said that any other way. <laughs> any other way! <laughs> you just had to break his little heart in front of everybody. Like, make him want to cry in front of everyone. Like, why would you do it like that? Why can't you? <sighs> Sometimes, man, 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 man. Um, but everybody starts packing up to head home. Um, we start to see a little bit of Percy talking about the class divide. Uh, most of his classmates are pretty well off. They pay for Yancey Academy. I don't know how Percy's paying for Yancey Academy. But most of his classmates come from rich families. Uh, and Percy does not. He has a small apartment with his mom and his stepdad. And he's kind of getting really hit, right? So being gaslit for a whole month, which is brutal, let me tell you. And... His best friend is kind of lying to him this whole time and talking to him, talking about him to his favorite teacher behind his back about how he's in danger. And also all of the kids that he knows are going to fancy vacation homes, vacation trips. And he's just hoping to go home and find his room. Because, you know, like, it's just not, it's not, it's not feeling like a good day to be Percy Jackson right now. He's like, I'm excited to go home, but like, man. And luckily he gets to take the bus home with Grover. They're on the bus. They've packed, they're ready to go. Grover is trembling. He is sweaty. He is pale in the face. He is losing, he's losing it. He's, he's so, so anxious. And Percy's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke poke him with a stick for a little bit and go hey are you uh looking for kindly ones which is what we hear mr brunner and grover call what we think to be mrs dodds it's not confirmed yet that that's what it is but just some context clues you know <laughs> that's what it is and grover is like oh my god what are you talking about what do you how, how did you how did you hear and we talk a little bit about that grover's still trying to gaslight percy being like you were hallucinating yeah and <laughs> and at first he's like you suck at lying you suck <laughs> which i think is so funny <laughs> um and grover hands him a little like business card kind of thing and on that business card is grover's full name we learn his last name is underwood sick um his title is keeper we don't know what that means yet and he has an address on half blood hill in long island new york and Percy's like, what the heck is that? And in that moment, Grover goes, that's my, uh, my, uh, my, my summer home, right? And, like, Grover's clearly panicking, but Percy in this moment, he's, he's, he's still going through it, you know? <laughs> I think we're forgetting that Percy's going through it. And he's like, damn, even my best friend is, like, way better off than I am and has a summer home like that, you know, twisting the knife a little bit, aren't you, Grover? He doesn't mean to. It's okay. I forgive you. But in the moment, Percy's like, this sucks. And I don't blame him, you know? And, and Grover's starting to talk about like, hey, like, I'm protecting you. And Percy's like, what, the what do you mean? You're protecting me. Like, I'm literally the one who's been here for you. Um, and in this, 
there's something happening with the bus. They gotta get off. So they're waiting to, to switch, you know. And when they're waiting outside of the bus, they see these three old ladies and they're knitting some massive socks. Like absolutely massive socks. And Percy's like, isn't that freaking weird? Like why are they staring at me? And Grover, oh my God. Oh my, Grover can't handle it. He can't handle it. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny to me, but like they're like, he, he is so stressed. He is so anxious in this moment. Oh my God. I don't know if he's gonna make it. <laughs> I know he does, but I don't know if he's gonna make it. And he sees, Percy sees the three, one of the three old ladies kind of reach out, grab some scissors and cut the yarn from these giant, what are they, like massive socks? I think they are. I think it's like the, yeah, electric blue socks. So watch out for electric blue socks on the TV show. And Grover's like losing his mind. He's like, please, please, please don't let this be like last time. And so now this is the second time that we're getting some intel about possibly Grover backstory, you know, and we know because we know if we've read it already, but if we haven't, we're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? You know? And so I think that's a lot of fun. And he starts kind of like panicking and just like going into this, oh my God, like just it's really, really anxious state. And, and Percy asked the question of like, does the snipping of the yarn mean that somebody's going to die? And Gore just like looks at him with like the saddest expression ever. Like, Grover, you are not helping your case. And he's like, please don't go to your house without me. Like, please let me get, like, walk you home. Like, please, just please. And, and, uh, <laughs> this is a little bit of a spoiler into chapter three, right? But he doesn't. <laughs> Percy, Percy ditches. Percy gets the heck out of there. Um, we're gonna pause really quick. And we'll come back and we'll keep going. All right? Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Hi, friends. Um, so, where did we leave off? We left off at the end of chapter two, um, where we might die. Who knows? Uh, Grover is panicked. He is, he is a panicking. And in this panic, he's like, guys, 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 guys being Percy. <laughs> he's like, bro, like, let me walk you home. Like, I, 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 can I take you home? Like, I'm really nervous. Like, can I? And Percy's like, uh, uh Sure. But immediately, like, his first shot, Percy, like, dips. He gets out of there. He's like, sorry, bro. You're being really weird. You're freaking me out. Um, and Percy then goes home. <laughs> R.I.P. Grover. <laughs> He's not dead. He's just stressed. And <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? We're not dead, but we're stressed. It's fine. I've had, I've had a long day. <laughs> And it's just, it's sinking in here, here and now. Um, and we get to learn a little bit about Percy's home life. So Percy lives in an apartment when he's not at Yancey Academy in his boarding school, wherever he ends up at school. He lives with his mom and his stepdad. Ah, his mom. Oh my God. Sally Jackson, the woman that you are. The absolute woman that you are. So cool. Um, she is someone that Percy looks up to and like loves and respects so deeply. Uh, he gives her some of the highest praise that we get to see and just 
thinks she is the best thing on this earth. And you know, I might have to agree with him. And you know, I think I do agree with him. I think she's really wonderful. She has a really sad backstory. She was orphaned when she was five, which I did not remember. Like when I was thinking about Sally Jackson, I like every once in a while I'm like, oh yeah, we never get to hear about like her parents or anything like uh, like her family. But like she was orphaned. And then the one person who was like taking care of her, her uncle, he ended up getting cancer later on in life and he died. So like she she's alone. Girl is fully by herself, fully alone. And like when her uncle died, she was like still in high school. And so she like dropped out of school to take care of him. So she ended up with no diploma, like no money and no family. Like bro, she she was going through it. Um but she eventually found who we now know is Percy's dad. Um, we get a little bit more info about that a little later, but you know, finds him. They have Percy. He's gone. He's out of the picture. He's gone. And as Percy's growing up, she ends up marrying his stepdad. And we do not like his stepdad. His stepdad, throw him in the bin. Get him out of here. <laughs> his name is Gabe. Percy, when he was younger, nicknamed him Smelly Gabe because this man reeks. This man is horrific. <laughs> His scent is awful. And, like, not only is he, like, it's not even that, like, he's just a good guy that smells bad. Like, no, he is also awful. Like, all just bad, 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 bad person. And Percy's, like, really, like, why? Mom, why are you with him? Right? And she kind of like, it's like, one day you'll understand. And like, we don't understand. Okay, we don't get it. Like, why is this queen with this awful, awful man? I can't believe I just said that. Um, but like, why is she with this awful, awful man, right? And <laughs> we learned that Sally wants to be a writer. She wants to be a novelist, which like such a, such a sweet goal. I actually don't know if that's a sweet goal. I just thought it was interesting. I liked it. <laughs> I like the idea of like this really kind, but like, She's not, like, afraid to stand up for Percy. Um, and, like, clearly she's, like, like something's going on, which is why she's with Gabe. Because we see, like, her resistance to him in, like, multiple different ways. So, like, one of the ones that we see right away is Percy tells us about a time when Gabe got, like, all fussy and was like, blue food isn't real right like after Percy had requested it when he was much younger because he liked like the blue candies or something and Gabe had like a stick up his butt and he was like it's not real right <laughs> I've never made that sound before in my life and, <laughs> and um and Sally's like <coughs> what do you mean uh, look at it right here right now do you see all of this food that's now blue I made it blue it's real it's real right so she really like it's it's her own little like middle finger to Gabe of like you thought you really thought that you could get away with this you will not dampen my son's spirit <laughs> which like that's really neat of her you know and so they have like this really sweet joke it's a it's like an inside joke but like it's also like a little bonding moment for them of like they always have blue food together and like listen as somebody who's been a Percy Jackson fan for a very long time and who's only recently developed like an ounce of confidence when it comes to baking and decided to use that ounce of confidence in baking to try to make blue chocolate chip cookies. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Sally, <laughs> you are so admirable for what you do. It is so hard to tell when blue food is done baking. So hard. So hard to tell. <laughs> and also, and also, Percy's stomach must be made of freaking steel. Because, man, that blue food tie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's kind of gross. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, she's really admirable for that. <laughs> you know, they really, they really have committed to the bit, and I love that for them. Also, blue chocolate chip pancakes are also difficult. Um, just, but you know, it's really sweet of her. I think it's a really nice little detail for them uh, to kind of share. But yeah, she's she's gentle and she's kind, but she's clever, and she's not like naive she's like very aware of the world that she lives in and the world that percy lives in even more so than percy is and we kind of see that as we go through um but percy's like still having a lot of feelings about um yancy academy specifically mrs dodds is it, it was like all coming rushing back to him and he's still having this like ptsd kind of energy from it where he's like starting to get really paranoid he's like looking over his shoulder once he remembers her he's like oh, is something is something else coming to get me and like we're in the moment like oh, he's he's like really going through it but like as we will see is he is he going through it or is he did he did he have an actual reason to be paranoid because you know important thing um but eventually his mom is like hey this has been a hard time what if we go up to montauk they they rent out a, normally a little cabin in montauk um and they used to go there every single year but money has gotten tighter so they haven't gone in the last like two years or so um and this year sally jackson decided to negotiate her clothing budget her clothing budget so that she and percy could go up and rent the cabin for a couple days um and just you know spend some time there together and this cabin is really special um as we'll learn it's the place where sally probably met percy's dad um and it seems to be a really special place for both of them they end up getting away with it sally's negotiating with her seven layer dip that's apparently very very famous and will continue to be famous as we go through this book series let me just say um gabe makes a funny comment of like don't get a scratch on my car and it will be very funny very soon um percy doesn't mention mrs dodds or any of those things to sally Right, but like she can kind of tell that he's hiding something. They get to the cabin, they're having some bonding. Um, he gets to, Percy gets to know a little bit more about his dad. He's like, it's like, oh, his dad isn't dead. His dad is lost at sea. He was like rich and important, and went on a on a mission, never came back. But he's not dead, right? Which is an interesting way to like frame this, <laughs> uh, and we learn that. Percy's dad really wanted to send him to a summer school. We're just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, if you really are just, like, going at this for the first time, you're like, why does this adult dad want to send his unborn child to a specific summer school? Wild. You know, that's such a random thing to really make known um, when you're dating this woman who you only know for a couple months uh as long as it takes her to get pregnant you know <laughs> because he left before percy was born and so like 
very very interesting that you know he had that kind of opinion and like if you're a kid you're sitting there like that's weird but if you're an adult you're like picking the pieces together you're getting the context and you're like oh that's what his dad is we're not going to get to that yet because we we are pretending to be children who are reading this for the first time okay <laughs> sorry that sounds really weird but you know what i mean like we're trying to go into it with like the same earnest like interest and surprise of what it is that's happening um but yeah, so we learned those things. We see that Sally's like still kind of emotional about a lot of those things. So we drop the topic. Percy ends up having this dream. And dreams end up becoming so important as we go forward. So I'm just highlighting the fact that Percy's having a dream. And this dream is a foreshadowing dream. This dream is explaining the the the, the issues happening in this book that created that, that allowed for the situation to happen with Percy. And we get this golden eagle and this white horse and they're fighting on the beach, right? And there's this extra voice that's coming from under the earth trying to get them to kill each other. Percy's like, no, don't kill each other, right? And we as adults reading this children's literature can understand that golden, the golden eagle and the white horse are symbols for things, right? The golden eagle is likely symbolizing Zeus and that white horse is likely symbolizing Poseidon who created horses. Um, and we have this extra voice who we may or may not have learned some information about earlier. I don't know. Maybe maybe at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Percy explained something about some kind of mythology. Maybe involving, maybe involving Kronos. I don't know. But just, you know. <laughs> and so there's like this extra like evil element. And Percy wakes up in this dream. He's like, oh my god. Like He was trying so hard to get them to not kill each other. But he's waking up and he's like, whoa. Why are we suddenly in the middle of a hurricane? Why is it storming like crazy outside? And also, why? What? Why is Grover here all of a sudden? Because Grover just shows up and he's like, oh my god, I've been looking everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> like, Grover's like, dude, I've been searching all day. Like, where? <laughs> How could you just leave me? Like, <laughs> and not only has Grover been searching all day, he's, he's so tired. He's like, oh, thank god. Like, so relieved to finally see Percy, but also so stressed. He also doesn't have pants on. He has no pants. He has furry legs and hooves. He he is a, a part goat. He is a satyr, as we learn in chapter four. Um, it's funny because Percy calls him a goat, uh, not a goat, a, a donkey. <laughs> and then we get to see that as a, a funny recurring joke. I really like that. Um, but it's room, room time because Sally Jackson sees the situation and she understands more than Percy does. And she's like, ah, guys, we're getting in the car. We're getting in the car. We're leaving right now. We got to go. We got to go this very instant. We are leaving. And so, um, as they're going, there's this really funny line that I just, I just have to shout it out because it's so funny to me. <laughs> they're sitting in the car. Sally Jackson is driving. Percy and Grover are sitting in the backseat together. And Percy looks over at Grover because clearly Grover and like his mom have a better understanding of what's going on than he does. Like he doesn't really know what's going on. And he looks over at Grover and he's like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and he's like, so you and my mom know each other? Bro. <laughs> and I tell you that that was so funny to me. I literally lost my mind. <laughs> I was screaming. I saw that line. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so funny. So funny. We get more like funny banter in like this panicked moment of this drive. It is storming all around them. So intense. Right. 
and Grover finally, finally tells us that Mrs. Dodds is real. The gaslighting has ended. We can return from the war. JK, we're just going into it. Um, and, <laughs> and we get introduced to this concept of the mist. We don't get a full introduction. Introduction, sorry. Um, but we get a little, little tidbit that like it changes the way that mortals see things. It changes the way that you perceive the world interesting choices of words right we learned that for some reason percy's not allowed to know what he is because when he knows what he is it attracts more monsters so the less he knows the fewer monsters he's attracting i don't know how that works we don't really get it fully explained but it's a mechanic that's happening it's in the game it's working it's doing its thing um and now where are we going where are we driving room room we're going to the summer camp, which, like, so bizarre. If we just, like, if we were Percy in this moment, we would be so lost. We'd be like, why are we going to the summer camp? What's going on? Right? Like, what is happening? Um, and Grover tells us that, like, those old ladies that we saw earlier that went snip snip, yeah, that does mean somebody's gonna die. And we get a funny little, like, fight between the two where they're like, you said you was gonna, like, you said I was gonna die. And he's like, no, I said someone's gonna die. Da -da -da -da. And it's, it's, it's... <laughs> It's a funny little moment. I like it. I hope we get it in the TV show um, or something like it. And we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going to camp. And then bam, 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 lightning hits the car. We flip off the road, literally flip. <laughs> uh, and like massive side eye. What do you mean lightning hit the car? In what world? You know, like in what world? But lightning hit the car. They're trying to get out. Grover is knocked out he is unconscious but we know he's alive you know why he's alive because he's out there he's going food he's out here calling for food you know he's okay you know he's okay enough because he's he's thinking about that food which like so real of him um, but like lots of stuff is happening right like this is a lot this is intense sally's starting to tell percy like you need to go like you need to get to this camp like you need to go and like make it like save yourself and Percy's like what the f like what are you what are you talking about like I'm not gonna leave you um like I, I like, come with me like why can't you come with me and she's like I can't cross the property line which like what <laughs> in the moment Percy doesn't really question it but like what do you mean you can't cross the property line you know why can't you cross the property line and then we get this like really big reveal where we see what's been chasing us because something's been chasing us and that something is the Minotaur um, in Tidy Whities, <laughs> which is something that I did see in the trailer and I'm so excited for because I think that that kind of like comedic aspect in a lot of the Percy Jackson books is so essential to the world building and also to like Percy's narration and like how we see the world as kids in this universe. I think it's so much fun. I'm so excited that it's in, in the actual thing. <laughs> very, very excited. Um, but Sally kind of explains how the Minotaur works. Percy does a little, a little fighting, a little avoiding of the Minotaur. And eventually the Minotaur turns his attention to Sally. And we're like, oh no. Right? And he runs at Sally. He's going for her. And in that, he grabs her. When she tries to, to jump to the side, as she told Percy to, he the he the minotaur reaches out grabs her and she disappears in a flash of light we don't have a corpse we don't have dust like we got from mrs dodds 
but we just get this flash of light. Bookmark this for later. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Percy loses it in this moment. Like, as we all probably would, he is um, absolutely overwhelmed by the situation. And it kind of, like, fills him with rage. I won't lie. Uh, he sees that the Minotaur starts to turn to target Grover. And he's like, I'm not doing this. I, I can't only handle so much. Like, I'm taking this Minotaur down. Like, we can't. We can't be playing games like this. Like, you can't, like, make me lose my mom and my best friend in the same day. Like, I can't do this. And he, he goes and he attacks the Minotaur. We get this incredible battle scene. He ends up killing the Minotaur with its own horn. He, like, rips it off and then stabs it with its own horn, which I think is such an epic, epic sequence. Um, hopefully we get that rendered somewhere. I know that in the trailer it seems like he has a sword. I am so hopeful that he loses the sword. <laughs> I am so hopeful that he kills the Minotaur with the horn. Because I think that there's something so cool in the fact that, like, Percy is in such a grief-stricken moment here. He he is just so emotionally, like, being, like, torn to pieces. And in this, he's also, like, lost his mom. And something that we learned about Percy it, as we go through is that he is incredibly loyal. And he takes any fault like anything that happens to the people that he's loyal to very very personally and very seriously and I think it's really vital that we have this like almost like over the top display of aggression from Percy as a 12 year old uh trying to figure out how to cope with these feelings of of anger towards the Minotaur for killing his mom right and I think that that is something really special that we deserve to see <laughs> just saying sorry <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so we've killed the Minotaur and like bro is suffering. Percy is suffering. Like this has been a lot and he's dragging Grover along as they cross property line and he kind of collapses once they get to like safety. Safety in air quotes. <laughs> because he doesn't technically know that they're safe. He's just assuming that this is this is where he's supposed to go. And this this kid, he's twelve years old. He is literally sobbing calling out for his mom like this is a tragic scene this is tragic this is heartbreaking he's crying he his mom just died in front of his eyes his friend was about to be killed he was almost killed like this is so exhausting and he he's like kind of passing out from exhaustion and just grief and as he's kind of fading away from consciousness he we meet a girl and she's looking over him and she says, he's the one. He must be. And we learn that her name is Annabeth. <sighs> Annabeth, my girl! My girl! Okay. <laughs> and so we go into chapter five, and we start off again with Annabeth. Um, iconic behavior from her. Percy's in some kind of infirmary. Uh, and she's just out here, and she's like, what will happen at the summer solstice? And Percy's like, barely awake. He's like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? And she's like, <sighs> like looking around like, What's going on? What was stolen? We've only got a few weeks. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, I don't. And like, she's like, oh, shut up. Because someone's coming in and she stops like putting in his mouth. That's so funny to me. Um, but like, clearly she knows what's like, she, something's happening. She knows a little bit more about what's going on. Something is astray. <laughs> right? Um, and we have this moment where Percy's kind of hoping that everything was a dream. But once he sees Grover and Grover hands him the box with the minotaur horn and also we see that Grover does in fact still have hooves Percy has this realization of like damn my mom is dead 
that really sucks oh my god how do I deal with this and he starts kind of process trying to process that like I'm an orphan now like what do I do where am I gonna live like he and he's like I don't want to live with Gabe like what the fuck do I do um and so he's like kind of trying to figure everything out and this chapter ends up becoming like very um how do I explain this very like world building heavy we end up playing a game of pinnacle I think I said that right I googled it before but you know who knows <laughs> and in this game of pinnacle a lot of information is given to Percy um one gods are real and they are also tied to western civilization they are they are so intrinsically linked to each other and that's something that we learn we also learn that the camp director Mr. G is a a, a god <laughs> he's his he's Dionysus um it's a fun little reveal uh, he's got that tiger pattern Hawaiian shirt. He's drinking Diet Coke because he's not allowed to drink wine. But he also is like the kind of guy who's like gonna gamble. Um, and like he could maybe make you like lose your mind. Because there's like this like purple fire behind his eyes when he gets like kind of pissed off. And it's like, ooh, you know, like <laughs> danger. Um, so just you know, maybe be a little careful with that. I don't know. <laughs> Consider um, that he is a god. Uh, we also learn that he's there because he's being punished because he was girl crazy and like, dude, like just keep it in your pants. Like literally, like chill out. <laughs> literally chill out. Um, yeah. So that's the thing that we learned. <laughs> we start to see this camp. Everyone's in the bright orange t-shirts. Very iconic. Very slay. I love that for us. And then we get properly introduced to Annabeth incredible and she's put in charge of setting up his bunk he's in cabin 11 she's got to set up his bed for him and like you just know you just know that this girl knows what's going on at camp like she is she's a part of the orientation team she is involved she is an extracurricular kid you know like she's she's in everything because she's about percy's age too like she is involved and she sees him, he has the minotaur horn still like in his hand because he hasn't had anywhere to put down this box that Grover gave him with the minotaur horn. And she looks at him and she's like, you drool when you sleep. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally so iconic. So iconic of her. <laughs> um, I love her. I love her with my whole heart. She's so cool. Anyways, <laughs> we also learned that Mr. Brunner isn't actually a Latin teacher. Whoop. Uh, he's actually Chiron, you know, the one who, like, trains people. Do you ever read the Song of Achilles? Yeah, he's the same guy who trained Achilles. Isn't that crazy? In the book, he also trained Patroclus, but I don't remember if that's real, so we're just gonna go with Achilles for sure, because that one definitely happened. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so we learned that fact, too. We also learned that Grover might, like, lose his job. Whoa as like a keeper and Percy's like he he got me here safely and Grover's like really trying to to not get fired and Kevin's like ah, did he get you here safely though he was unconscious and your mom died you know like did did he and like I listen I love Grover but I don't know if he did the job <laughs> you know I don't know if I can fight him I don't know if I can fight for him on that but I understand what Percy's trying to do you know I get it and I, I respect it I respect it um yeah we learned Percy's gonna go to cabin 11 we still don't know what it is that he is why he has to be in this special place he hasn't told us yet 
I mean, at the beginning of the book, we get told, like, I didn't want to be a half-blood. But, like, what does that mean? You know, we haven't fully learned that yet. Um, also, Chiron is a centaur. And when he gets out of his wheelchair, centaur butt, which is a horse butt. Fun fact. Um, which is really exciting. Uh, I'm really excited because apparently in the TV show, the wheelchair isn't just, like, a cover. It's that, like, he actually is disabled, uh, at least to some degree, in his centaur form as well and it's just also in that form when he's passing as a human and i think that's going to be really neat um but that is where we leave off that is the end of chapter five let me know how you feel about this length <laughs> this length of, a, of, of an episode i know that this is kind of long but we're going through it we're covering the topics we're going through it in detail we are talking about a lot of things. I'm not talking about everything. I am skipping some things because I can't just read the book to you, unfortunately. But I can try and give you a very detailed overview, which is what this is. This is what we're doing. Um, goal is to have read five more chapters by next time. I'm thinking. Let me just do a quick glance, a quick, a quick once over, just to make sure that should work. Um, chapter ten. Yeah, because then we'll get into something cool right after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll do the next chapters up to chapter 10. We'll finish chapter 10, sorry. Um, and then we'll keep going. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. You know, if if I somehow manage to do all of these in a decent-ish manner, wouldn't it be so neat if I also got to talk about the trailer? I don't know. I think it'd be cool, especially after rereading. I'd be like, ooh. I get more intel. <laughs> um, but yes, let me know what you think. Um, what would you be thinking in this situation if you were Percy? Like, what? How do you even comprehend this? You know? <laughs> Something to think about. What would you think about Annabeth? She's the only other, like, kid that you've seen <laughs> this whole time. Would you trust that Grover was actually your friend? A question to think about. Because, like, we learned that he's was sent to protect Percy, that that was the whole reason that they met. And Grover's like, no, 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 like, I actually am really your friend. Um, but, I don't know. Would you think he really was? If it was his job to take care of you, and then he... He did... He, he kind of got knocked out in the process of it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Consider it. Consider it. Um, I will see you all next week maybe a little faster than that because turnaround time of everything um but yeah let me know what your thoughts are okay 